as I was preparing and telling the kids, gentlemen, that uh, don't you dare do anything on Good Friday from 12 to 3. Don't you dare spit on the cross of Christ as you go and watch your movies and you go into the mall and different things. Don't you dare. One of the kids sat there and was, uh, oh, we have a soccer game. I said, if you play, I hope you break your leg. You know, in reality. Because think about it. No one cares anymore. But as I was thinking, I was thinking, there's Mary. And we ask, still, do you think Jesus loves her? And she cries out, what more could he do? What more could the God of the universe do for us than what he does today? Just to think about it, to reflect on it. You know, there's a story told of, um, and again, it's a made-up story, but it proves the point that uh, epidemic goes throughout the world and everybody starts dying of this serious virus. Everybody's dying. Throughout the world, the whole world, different people are dying by the thousands every day. They can find no cure. They can find nothing to fix it. And finally, a couple have a child. Both this couple have the disease. But the child, for whatever reason, is completely free of the disease, completely free of the virus. And when the doctors find this child after a couple months, they sit there and say, this is it. Your child's blood has the virus, doesn't have the virus, and your child's blood can be the vaccine that can save the whole world. And the parents were all excited, and they said, oh, wow, that's so good. And they went, and they said, okay, how much blood do you need from our child? And the doctors say, all of it. Your child has to die. Well, this is our only child. It's who we love. I know that your child has to die. We need all the blood to make the vaccine. But if your child dies, the world will live. And so reluctantly, the parents give their little boy away. And the little boy is killed, but all his blood is taken. And the virus is now stopped because they make the vaccine. And the world is saved. And as the world is saved, everybody's partying and jumping up and down and drinking and doing all this stuff. And this couple comes and says, don't you know, our little boy had to die so you can live. Doesn't that matter to you? Because no one came up to the couple. No one thanked them. No one said, I'm sorry for you. The only thing that mattered, the only thing that they were up to, the only thing that we carried is I get to live. Oh, yeah, it cost your boy. I'm sorry. You know, of any days that we should be reading John 3, 16, it's today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. If we just believe in him, if we just believe in him, we will not die, but have everlasting life. He died so we wouldn't have to. You know, think about that reality. The God of the universe looked at Jesus, and he looked at you, and he chose you. The God of the universe, his only son Jesus was there. God the Father looked at Jesus and he looked at you and God chose you. And he let his boy die on the cross so that we could live. What a phenomenal God we have. 
How can we ever question God's love for us? How is it possible? Is there anything else God could do for us? You know, even, you know, I've told the story before, but the reality of, you know, Scott Peck, who wrote The Road Less Traveled, you know, and he's written many books. He's become a Catholic. But when he was younger, he was being read in class the story of Abraham. And, you know, the story of Abraham when Abraham was called by God to give up his only son. And Scott Peck sat there and says, no way will I ever follow a God. And no way could I ever believe in a God who would ask Scott or ask somebody to give up their son for him. And so he became an atheist at a young age. But he, of course, missed the whole point of the story. It's done. It's a stupid point. If that's all it is, then I wouldn't follow that God either. But see, that was the point. In those days of Abraham, there was many, quote, unquote, gods. Baal, B-A-A-L, the God of Moab. And all these gods demanded the sacrifice of the firstborn son. They demanded that. So all these ones who followed all these gods, and there was all these hundreds of gods, with a small g, demons, if you will, demanded the children of their followers. And so when Abraham had got to know God, I remember well, the first thing that was given to Abraham was that there's only one God. All those other gods are false gods. When God looked at Abraham and says, Abraham, yes, Lord, take your son, your only one, who you love, and give him to me. Abraham thought, okay, it's just this God... It's just like all those other gods, okay? And, you know, today we sit there and think, oh, I can't believe he did that. Everybody was doing it at his time. Okay, you're just one of those gods that wants my kid, okay. And he goes to take him. And he takes the wood and he puts it on his son's back and his son walks the wood up the cross, walks the wood up the, uh, the hill, and he says, Father, here is the lamb. I mean, here is the fire and here is the wood, but where is the lamb for sacrifice? And then, of course, Abraham says God himself will provide the lamb. And as they climb up and he ties his son Isaac up and he goes to kill his only son, God the Father says, don't you dare touch your boy. Don't you dare. And see, that's the greatness about Christianity. When God looks at Crud, Abraham, the father of the faith, and says, Abraham, don't you give up your son for me. I'll give up my son for you. You don't have to prove, Abraham, that you love me by killing your son. I will prove, Abraham, that I love you and your descendants by giving up my son for you. And yet, that doesn't register on most people. It doesn't register that God gave up his son for me. You know, I like to talk during Thanksgiving when I'm listening and I talk about it, when people sit there and say, call in and see what they're most thankful for. And a little girl once, 14 years old, called in and she says, what I'm most thankful for is Jesus died for me. That's what we've got to be most thankful for today, that Jesus died for me. Now, how are you and I, how do we show that we're thankful? I hope you get this next part. 
Because today we not only know how much we're loved because God the Father gave up his son for us, we should be proclaiming that with our lives. And the way we proclaim that with our lives is that we do what Jesus commands us. Love one another as I have loved you. Give up your life for everybody. Today, with Christ on the cross, each of us are called to be crucified. Each of us are called to die. To sit there and offer our life as a sacrifice to the Father on behalf of others. So today, when you and I come here and we thank God for dying for us, and we're grateful for God for dying for us, then we're called to stand with him and say, Father, today with your son Jesus, I want to offer up my life to you as a living sacrifice. Father, today, the one life I have, may I give it away forever. And now may I live the rest of my life totally as a sacrifice to you or others. Today, we are called most fully to fulfill what God has called us to in Galatians 2, which I'm not going to read a thousand times again, to be crucified with Christ. More than any other day, you and I today are called to be crucified with Jesus Christ and to offer up our lives as the sacrifice with Christ for us. If you do that today, this isn't going to just be another Good Friday. You're not just going to get a feeling, oh, that was a nice service, or oh, that was a boring service. You know, so many kids came to school last Monday and says, oh, it was the most boring service last Sunday because we had to read that long reading. And I said, it was boring to you because of two things. You're not in love with Christ. And you didn't give away your life with him. It's that simple. If you're in love with Christ, that reading can never be boring because it was done for you. And if you're truly in love with Christ, then today you'll offer up your life with him forever. And you'll walk out of here dead, gloriously dead with Christ. So you can gloriously rise with Christ forever. But you got to die first. And it got to be your will. A complete, total, surrendering death. Not part of you. Not just, okay, my religious part. He wants everything. Just as it cost him everything on the cross. Will you do that today? Will you totally die with Jesus Christ? Will you look at the Father and say, Okay, Father, totally, I hold nothing back. May I die today, so I may rise on Sunday. May you know his love today and forever. Amen.